when you guys were forming ETW and, and getting the beginning of that together, what was the, the driving force that kind of made you guys say, hey, you know, I think we can do this rap thing and I think we can reach people. What, like, what do you guys think and, and how should we do this? You know what? Actually, we started off at uh, or Roberts University. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was myself, um, Elroy, um, and then um, a couple other people. We had, so we were students, actually. Right. We were kind of putting in for a. Um, it was it was basically just a. Um, it was a talent show, you know, and we just were putting together some things, basically inspired by Stephen Wiley. To be totally honest with you, it is around eighty five, eighty six, you know, and we just say, hey, let's do the rap thing and do a gospel rap similar to what he was doing. But we actually lost the contest. <laughs> Out of 10 contestants, we came in number 10. You know what I'm saying? You know, but, but but the thing is, um, we started it because we had about six, seven people in the group. And uh, we would go out in the community of Tulsa and just do things, you know, just free concerts, wherever we did, you know, because we, we just really wanted to do something for God. So um, when my school days ended, um, it dwindled down to the three of us, you know, and uh, Mike joined the group a little later. And it dwindled down to the three of us. And then when we actually had the record contract in 89 or forefront, um, that's when things kind of took off on a more professional level. But we were doing a lot of local things, local churches, uh, prisons. We're doing it way before. I, I think we got up to, um, so you guys, when you signed with forefront and then I kind of started losing you there. Okay. Yeah. I was mentioning we were doing a lot of ministry before forefront, you know, that was, that was more of an, a blessing to extend what we really felt we needed to be doing because we saw the effect of how, how the you know the spoken word, how gospel music can transform lives just by we were literally going out in the projects and just be doing stuff. You know what I mean? But to have it on a national scale where your music is all over the world was something that was just a major answer to prayer. But it extended what we were already doing. And and one of one of the things I noticed like as you put out music you know, with Forefront and later on, the, the early music was kind of like more fun, more upbeat. Right. Was, was that more so to kind of like appease the label and appease your audiences as they got acclimated, you know, to a hip hop group? You know, it was yes, yes and no. You know, because I think uh, some, some of the production choices we would have had different. We didn't have a lot of control over that. You know, because, um, you know, it's just the way we knew artists, we didn't have a lot of control over that. So uh, I mentioned before, the first two projects, we didn't have as much say-so as far as production as we would have wanted to. And, uh, you know, so it wasn't until the third album, um, you really got more of what uh, the target audience we were really trying to reach, because those were the places we were actually going. You know, we were going into public high schools, we were going into... Um, prisons, we were doing a lot of things with people, we were dealing with real life situations. And not to say that the first two albums, there, there was some, you know, there was some good songs in there. But I mean, but we were, you know, doing tours with the Grand Key, we were doing things with um, more of a very, very much so um, Christian, really Christian, Christian audience. But the last few years of our ministry, we did a lot of things that um, put us right in smack in the public. You know, like I said, public high schools opened up. You couldn't go in there saying Jesus, 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 but you could say, um, you know, 40 in a blunt is what you want, you don't lose. You could say stuff like that. You could say things like, um, you know, some of the things that we were, we were rapping about, because those are the things they were really dealing with, you know, and 
uh, that's why it kind of geared in that direction. Plus, we have more control over our production. So it sounded a little bit more like what we actually sound like. If you saw us on the road, we would sound a little different than the actual album because we ended up remixing a lot of the music, mm-hmm. to, you know, to fit the audience we were dealing with, you know. So we have our three different sets, you know, like the set at the home church in Kansas City someplace. So we had another set, like in the street in Boston, and we had another set if we're in a prison, you know, we had three different sets going on tour, you know, only to fit the audience that we were in front of. Yeah, that totally makes sense, especially when you're dealing with like that delicate balance of like, okay, we're in a church here, we're, we're in this, this is the type of people we're going to have here. Um, so did you feel though that, that that music that you did that was more geared towards what you wanted to, and as you got further along, that dealt with more, I guess, more like real issues, do you felt that was more received and that maybe the prior audience that kind of hung out for the for the more happy stuff kind of went back and your message was received by the people who needed it i think when we first came out the um that's where we were because any in, with any group there's a maturity as far as your writing there's a, a maturity as far as your message and where we were when we first started we were demon slaying you know fight the devil that's that's who we were you know what i mean that's what our message was and that audience um received it really well but again as we started really going out into um, mainstream dealing things you 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 kind of change your message in a way not not the um, effectiveness of the message but uh, a pinpointed strike of who you're really trying to speak to you know what I mean and that was because like you know you couldn't walk into the ghetto and say say it's canceled they don't know what you're talking about you know what I mean but you can say that, you know, um, you know, like I said, you, you smoking dope, all this kind of stuff. You, you can say that in a song, and at the end of the song, you're giving them crisis and answers to the issues they're really dealing with. You know, because a lot of people point out the problems, and that's that's some of the issues that you dealt with. For like, I mean, like people gangster rappers, oh man, you know, it's blessed up, this is the way, but at the end of the deal, you're not giving an answer to how they're gonna get out of it. All they're gonna do is shake their head, yeah, man, you're right, you're right, you're right, but I'm gonna still go back and smoke this joint, because. You know, you're not giving me an answer. You're not giving me any type of solution for the issues that I'm really dealing with. So what we were trying to do is trying to present an issue, but come up with a solution at the end of it. Because usually at the end of our son, there's a solution. That, that solution always points to Christ. You know, ain't nobody dying but us. We're talking about uh, issues with people, black on black crime. You know, yeah, people can uh, glamorize, you know, oh yeah, you know, smoke this dude, all this kind of crazy stuff. When people really are dying, when people really are going to funerals, you know, it's, it's a real thing, you know, when you're actually going into the community talking about it, they know exactly what you're talking about. And at the end of the, at the, end of the song, you're saying the only way you're really going to get out of this lifestyle is through Christ. You know, you don't have to go down like that. So that, that's that's what I mean. The audience kind of changed because we were getting a more realistic, um, in-your-face type situations. We had to come up with something to shut up. Yeah, no, that's great. And and I, I've been asking everybody this and, and kind of with, with mic drop, um, kind of setting the precedent of, you know, CHH and it being historical and what you guys doing uh, being important. So when it's all said and done and people look back at your, you know, your career in music and ETW, like what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want to be remembered as? Honestly, this is very humbling, you know, because um, in the sense of you do things um, 
not so much because you want to have all this big accolades and recognition. That that wasn't our purpose until we were doing it because this is what God really put on our heart to do. But at the end of the day, if God's giving you a reward or giving you some some type of um, recognition of what you did, it's very much so appreciated because there was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that went into this. You know what I'm saying? And um, it, yeah, it, it feels it feels good, you know. But at the same time, it's very humbling. Because you know, we always went into it with a humble kind of thing, you know, because we said in your humility, that's what God will put you in front of so many different people. You know, we went in there arrogantly, like, yeah, man, I deserve this, whatever this and that. We probably wouldn't have gotten anywhere. But in humility, that's what God was allowing you to be in front of a lot of different people, a bigger audience than we probably would have ever thought of if we really tried to do this ourselves.